Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Take Three podcast. My name is Brandon, and as always, I'm joined by uh, my co-host, Alex. And in today's episode, we're going to recap all the action that happened over the weekend. First big weekend in the NFL. It was good to really see football back as a whole. And it was more importantly, it was good really to see, honestly, the stadiums packed. It was really such a different atmosphere from just a year ago where a lot of stadiums had no fans. And then we got a little bit of fans towards the end, but it really felt like this past weekend football was uh, really back and uh, it was exciting. So, I mean, you have any thoughts just uh, to open it up really how you felt in the, after this first weekend? It was a good first weekend. Eagles started off hot. Very happy about that. Um, the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs. Jameis and the Saints got rolling to start the week. A lot of good things, some bad things. The Titans didn't look good. The Colts don't look very legit. So plenty of stuff to talk about. Very fun first weekend. Exactly. Uh, great, great first weekend. And I mean, that leads us straight into it. You mentioned uh, the Saints and the Packers. They met up down in Jacksonville. Game was displaced due to the hurricane, so they did not play at the Superdome. Um, and really, that was kind of maybe the shocker of the weekend. Maybe not the result. I mean, obviously, the Saints were always a live team. They could have won that game. But it was just the domination it really was and kind of the carelessness that I saw out of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers kind of sitting on the bench, smiling, not really. They just look like a group that didn't have a lot of chemistry. They look like a group that their quarterback wasn't around all offseason. And uh, the Saints kind of had a good game plan and got the job done. Jameis made uh, some smart throws. So what did you really see in that? And are you concerned going forward with the Green Bay Packers? So to address the first part right off the bat, I'm not concerned because, I don't know, anytime Green Bay plays bad or gets – like their butt kicked or, you know, have a slow start. I just, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm sure by the end of the year, they'll be the NFC North division champs and they will be a playoff team, but they have some work to do. They did not look good at all on Sunday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers really didn't look like he gave a fuck about like the score, the interceptions or how things were going. Um, crazy off season for Green Bay. Everyone knows, but Aaron's back. They're here for the supposedly last ride for this season. They got a lot of chemistry things to work out, like you said, and it like I feel like a lot of the Green Bay stuff was just not being on the same page and effort thing. It's a lot of things that seem really fixable, which is the good news for Green Bay. On the other side, uh, I'm very high on the Saints this year. That was a phenomenal way to start the season. Uh, the outcome is not terribly surprising. Like you said, the Saints could win any football game. The score is incredibly surprising. 38 to three. Jameis, five touchdowns. Uh, I was just happy with how Jameis played. Now, yes, it was a run-heavy game, and they didn't need a lot out of Jameis, but he made smart throws. He made big plays when they were there. Um, and then one thing stood out to me is, like, in the second quarter, he was getting pressured a lot, and the old Jameis would have ran to the right and tried to extend the play and make a big play happen and <clears throat> throw it to maybe a covered receiver. We saw Jameis on Sunday – pressure on his face make look through all the reads nothing was there and just throw it out of bounds so like there's a lot of encouraging signs for uh Jameis and the Saints yeah I think the Saints after week one they definitely have to be happy they kind of rolled out everything went to plan I thought it was a it was a great game plan not to really put they didn't really put a lot in Jameis Winston's hands they didn't say Jameis go out gunsling and uh, find us a way to win right that's probably not the smart way to do it if you're Sean Payton and he kind of drew it up smart with the run game, ball control. They had a 10-minute drive, a 7-minute drive. They just chewed up clock and really kept Aaron Rodgers uh, on the bench. And then that defense balled out, right? Had uh, They really had the Packers lost. Aaron Rodgers launching the ball downfield, throwing interceptions. I think he threw interceptions on back-to-back -back drives, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, as you said, they look clueless. Yeah, I mean, I was the first guy to shoot down and say, hey, Jameis admit. But, I mean, if Jameis is going to play like this or if the Saints are going to have games – 
that work out in their favor like this, where they can run the ball and kind of just get him making the uh, the good passes in the red zone. Um, I'm not going to buy all the way in, to be honest, because I still want to see that game where they're down, similar to how Patrick Mahomes was. And it has to be Jameis Winston that throws them back into the football game. Is he going to be cool, calm, and collected? Is he, or is he going to go back to his old Buccaneers ways, where he kind of gets out there and he, he wants to be the hero and uh, do some crazy things, which uh, we'll see. But then, yeah, I think I mean I'm a little bit more concerned with the Packers. I just I didn't like the body language that I saw. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he's probably going to they'll find a way to get it together. But I don't think I really don't think they're going to be like at that peak level where they're NFC. Uh, where they're pushing to win the NFC, I think it's he just doesn't care. I, I really think he's kind of this week kind of showed it. I mean, this is a it's a premier game. You kind of dust all it off in the first week. I've never really seen Aaron Rodgers uh, literally look like he didn't care as his team's just getting throat punched, uh, thrown interceptions, and uh, it's just not a good it's not a good sign. I still think I mean I still think they'll win the division, right? I think they're a ten win team. I think they'll find a way to get it done, but I just don't see the chemistry being there. And I just think it's going to be a long year. I think there'll be a lot of games where uh, on paper we thought they were going to win and maybe they're going to be closer. They're going to flip the other way, but I expect them to find a way to get the job done and make the playoffs. I just don't think, I think in the preview, uh, we had them at least pushing, trying to push the bucks for the NFC or be up there for the, in the NFC title. I really, unless something drastically changes in the mindset, I just, I, I don't see it. It's crazy to say that after one week, but, um, I don't know. It scares me that he was just sitting there smiling on the sidelines. Yeah. Aaron really didn't seem like he cared, which was kind of alarming. And like <clears throat> he threw two picks, you get blown out and he just seemed like, you know, he didn't care at all. Like it was a preseason game almost. It was interesting to watch. Um, I do think they get it together. They win the North, but I would agree with you that like for them pushing to be like NFC champions and represent the NFC, I don't feel very good about that. Uh, as of right now, I feel good about the Bucks. Still, do not feel good about the Packers. Exactly. So, I mean, to get out of Jacksonville, we'll head right up to a, another great game—a game that was a hell of a lot closer. Uh, we'll head into Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium, where I think that was that was such a great game, and I just loved that matchup completely with the uh, Browns and the Chiefs. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes uh, coming back, 33-29. Um, in a game where, honestly, I once again thought the Browns gave it to them. They were up 15-3. to three. They were really controlling, running the ball smart, and uh, keeping everything going. Patrick Mahomes makes, uh, scores a rushing touchdown. Then Cleveland comes right back and answers with another Nick Chubb touchdown. Uh, but for the half, and then it just felt like, I believe, yeah, Nick Chubb fumbled, and that kind of it snowballed after that. I thought Baker Mayfield, I mean, the stats don't show he didn't throw any touchdowns, but I thought he was making some solid throws. And I just loved how Stefanski – uh, drew up the game plan. They were just so smart, right? They have those running backs. They have Kareem Hunt. They have uh, <clears throat> Nick Chubb, obviously, to pound the rock and really realize that the best way to beat the Chiefs is to not let Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes be on the field uh, consistently. I thought it was great, but obviously they let it slip away. Um, how did you feel after that? Yeah, I think they let it slip away. I think Kansas City showed their experience, their poise. They've been there before, and they just kind of got it done. Um, I think the really the big difference was that long 75-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. And Miles Garrett talked about it in the post game as, like, they just can't allow plays like that if you're going to win, which is true. Because, like, they only lost by four. It was a one-score game. That is the difference. But if you watch that play, the defense did a good job. Patrick Mahomes is – rolling to the right side he's on the run and he's basically running out of bounds and he just chucks it to Tyreek and it's a beautiful pass and 
uh, the quarterback, I don't remember which quarterback it was for the Browns. They kind of lost sight of the ball and Tyreek knew exactly where it was. And he stops on the route, lets the ball come to him and then cuts to the left wide open for a touchdown. So that's really the difference is just like that Mahomes magic. The Browns are a very good football team. I would not be surprised if that was a preview of the AFC championship game at all, but it's just those little things when you play the Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead, that you have to you have to basically play like a flawless football game in order to steal a win from them. And it was just as simple as Mahomes and Tyree Kill got loose for one long play at, uh, towards the end of the game, and that really was a difference. Exactly. Yeah, Tyree Kill eleven catches, a buck ninety seven, and a touchdown. Yeah, just he's lethal, man. And Patrick Mahomes once again showed it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're down, right? He's gonna he's gonna go out there. He's gonna compete. And uh, he's going to find a way to get the job done. But, yeah, I just feel like if you're the Browns, it's similar to that AFC uh, divisional round game last year. It's kind of like, damn, we let we uh, let these guys off the hook again. We kind of had them right where we want them. And uh, it's just that quick. That's how dangerous they are. That's why the Chiefs are uh, so scary and probably, if not at least the favorite in the AFC, they could be Super Bowl favorites as well. Just uh, watching them be able to do that. It's just – it's crazy. Um Another game, little, little, uh, another team that was obviously at the top of the AFC, the Bills, and then the Steelers, uh, they battled it out. It was interesting to see kind of uh, the Steelers' defense really do what we kind of talked about, what the, the what that defense is able to do. They kind of locked down Josh Allen, kind of didn't allow him to uh, get comfortable all day and just force turnovers. T.J. Watt was doing his thing. Um, that Steelers offense, obviously, that Steelers offense isn't pretty. Uh, the Najee Harris debut, I think it was ugly at one point. It was like six carries for eight yards. Um, obviously, Big Ben, he's kind of just big statue back there. Um, I mean, he's a veteran. I don't know much else, but it seems like, honestly, Steelers are going to need Herculean efforts like that out of the defense each and every week to kind of put that offense in position to do anything to help them out. It's like – it's weird. And the bills kind of didn't look that good. They were kind of clamped up. So for, I mean, one week opening weekend, it worked for the Steelers. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? I guess going the long term, you think they'll be able to keep that up throughout an entire season. Pittsburgh had a good opening week uh, weekend game. They won, but I I'd be a little worried if I'm the Steelers, the offense was just not there. The offensive line just can't create uh, space or get pushed for the run game. Najee Harris finishes with 16 carries, 45 yards. That's an average of 2.8. That's not good enough to get it done. Big Ben throws 32 times for 188 yards. Like, it's just not very – it's not explosive at all. It doesn't even consistently move the chains for him to, like, e-clock. The Steelers are all about defense. They need, like, Herculean efforts from their defense every week. And uh, that kind of brings me to my point about the Bills is like, are you worried about the Bills watching them at all? Uh, I mean, they were so explosive last year. Is like some regression going to happen naturally? I mean, even if they regress a little bit, they can still be a very, very good football team. I'll use Lamar Jackson as an example. His MVP season, he had like a touchdown rate of like 9%, which was just astronomical, and it regressed to about 6% the following year. So he wasn't as good, but he still had a very good season. And I feel like we could see something similar with Josh Allen and the Bills. They kind of regress a little bit, but that doesn't that doesn't mean they're bad at all. I would still pick them to win the AFC East and be a very good football team. But I don't know. They didn't have a good offensive showing week one. It's at home. I thought they would play better. They played much better against the same defense last year. Now that's that is a different situation entirely. But I don't know. Does this game give you any poise to be concerned about the Bills offense moving forward at all? 
Um, I mean, yeah, the Bills are going to have to, they'll have to figure it out. I mean, I think there's going to be natural regression. It's hard. It's, I mean, there's, it takes very special quarterbacks, right, to be on an MVP level just every single year, churn it out every year without having some type of regression. But I mean, I think I got to sit back and just give credit to the Steelers defense. It's kind of, it feels maybe like, what is it, 2015 Broncos esque? Like, if they're able to do that and just be that great, that maybe puts a Big Ben who's, um, really towards the end and not really that good anymore in position to maybe push for a Super Bowl. I think that's what it's going to take for the Steelers week in and week out. I'd be definitely concerned with the uh, the Steelers offensive line, the offensive line. Um, I mean, we knew that going into the season, right, that we knew that offensive line. When you lose David DeCastro, when you lose Alejandro Villanueva, and when you're plugging in, just plugging in pieces, that it's going to be troublesome and the offense is going to be anemic at times. But um, I think it's kind of – I'm not going to push the panic button – for the bills just yet we'll see um i just think it's how many times i just you got to give credit to a great defense when they kind of drew it up because when you look at it i mean i think it was 13 nothing right 10 nothing 10 nothing and then the steelers just go on a, a streak where uh, the defense just takes over the game and that's what uh that's what it can be at it's sometimes in the league <clears throat> yeah and if you're pittsburgh you're gonna need that every, almost every single week with the exception of maybe four or five times throughout the season. So it's going to, it's a tall task for Pittsburgh. Yeah. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you got to be happy with the defense. You got to pray to God that the offense kind of finds something in the run game. Uh, yeah. I would say that's, that's what it is. Uh, moving on from that, we had, what do we have? I mean, technically we had five rookie quarterbacks touch the field yesterday or uh, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Um, we had Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Obviously, they kind of had off days. I guess we'll get into them first. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think he had three touchdowns, three picks. They threw the ball like 51 times. And then Zach Wilson at times, I think he was like, at one point, he was nine of 24. It was just, it was ugly. I'll be the first guy to say I didn't really catch either of those. I had some uh, some other more important games. No offense, Houston and Jacksonville. Those aren't at the top of the bucket list. Neither is really Jets football. Um uh, are you kind of, are you concerned for those guys with the slow starts? Uh, the Jaguars is really interesting to me. Urban Meyer had Trevor Lawrence throw 51 times, which seems kind of ridiculous to me for his first NFL start. I mean, I the Houston, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you're throwing the ball too many times. That's like a stat line I expect out of like the Steelers and big Ben. It's weird. So like Trevor Lawrence just threw the ball too many times, but like I, I'm a little concerned about the Jags, not necessarily Trevor Lawrence because he's a rookie and he has plenty of time, but like the team as a whole, like to not really be competitive against Houston. I mean, Houston put up 27 points in the first half. It was 14 to zero after the first quarter. It never really felt like Jacksonville was competitive in the game. Uh, they're like the 300 yards and three touchdowns. It was kind of at the later end. They're already down two possessions before you even get on the board. I'm just, I didn't like what I saw from Jacksonville at all. They're going to have to really go back and work some things out. Cause like, if you can't do it, if you can't get the ball moving or play a competitive game against Houston, you're going to have a really long season. They got to find, find ways to run the football. I don't think you want to drop back and throw the ball 50, 50 times a game. I mean, obviously when you get down like that, right. 20. Yeah. When you 27 to seven, I think it was, um, you're probably gonna have to throw it, but yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to find something out. Uh, running wise, I don't know if you want to have Trevor Lawrence dropping back 51 times a week. Yeah, but see, like to get their running game going, and I agree entirely. They need something from it. Like I just don't know where you really go. Like I would like James Robinson got five carries compared to Carlos Hyde's nine. That's wrong for sure. James Robinson needs more touches. 
But, like, if they're not getting any push on the line or getting anywhere with it, it's tough. Now, part of it is game script. They fell behind early, so, you know, they were passing right off the bat. That's kind of how Trevor gets the 51 passes. But if I'm the Jags, you got to work around that because I would assume that most of the games are going to fall behind early. Yeah. I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're falling behind the Houston, right, everybody laughed at Houston all of the season. If you're falling behind to them, and I mean, credit to those guys, Tyrod Taylor and then uh, David Culley really dialed up heavy run with Mark Ingram, turned back the clock and kind of, yeah, put them behind the eight ball and they were in a big trouble. Yeah. Their offensive line and their defensive line, huge concerns. Um, yeah. Urban Meyer is going to have, he's going to have some stuff to figure out. I mean, that is what it is. And then Zach Wilson, he started out slow, but he actually finished with a 258, a t- two touchdowns and a pick, but completion percentage at 54%. So uh, that's kind of troublesome, but I mean, he kind of did battle considering that man back to recovered. Uh, <laughs> everybody's probably happy. I mean, uh, if you had the uh, Panthers early in the week it was five and a half, a little disappointed, but um, yeah. So Zach Wilson showed that kind of fearlessness and that's what uh Fans in New York will kind of get behind. I'm interested to see if he can start hotter because he definitely don't want to start nine of 24 for 90 yards and uh, play behind that eight ball with a rookie head coach and rookie quarterback. Yeah, if I'm being positive about Zach Wilson, I'm very happy how he, like, kept his head in the game. You know, the cliche is kept your head in the game, battled through, came back, got productive towards the end of the game. Now it's just about, like, putting it together for a full four quarters, right? And then I'm a little concerned for the Panthers, to be honest. They played a good first half. Uh, they went up to half, uh, into half 16 to zero. Then they got scored 14 to three in the second half. Sam Darnold had a good first half, bad second half. I don't know. Carolina will be okay. But like, if they want to really make a push for a wild card or anything, like they need Sam Darnold to put together four quarters as well. It was kind of like opposites for the quarterbacks. Yeah. I did not tune in, but I heard at one point Matt Rule punted from like the 33 yard line. I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing. I don't know the situation, but I was like, who the hell does that? It was ugly football. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, now we go to a more positive uh, QB up in New England, obviously. Um, the Mac attack got started uh, pretty good showing, I'd say. 29 to 39, 281 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Um, kind of a clean game up there. Did you like what you saw to Mac Jones? Kind of poised, making smart decisions. Obviously, Bill Belichick with the two tight ends. Damian Harris had 23 carries for 100 yards. Obviously, crucial fumble that kind of that costed them the game. Let's not say kind of. That did cost them the game. But did you like what you see out of Mac Jones through uh, one week? Yeah, I like Mac Jones. He's like the perfect Patriots fit, right? And, of course, New England and Bill Belichick would get one one bad season and then they get a good quarterback again. (laughs) It's just so funny that that happens. But I I don't know how you cannot be happy with Mac Jones. He played well. He didn't turn the ball over. And, honestly, he should have had a game-winning drive. It's not his fault. His running back fumbled. They were in field goal territory. They probably should have won the game 19-17. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy with Mac Jones' debut. New England looks good again. Uh, Mac Jones is only going to get better, right? It was his very first game, so like uh, things are looking up for New England. I'd be very happy if I was a Patriots fan. Yeah, I think it's uh yeah it's scary to uh to see Mac Jones. He looked very poised, calm, collected. He's looked like he's built he's built to be a Patriot. He's it's. It's, uh, it's scary times if he just continues to develop and kind of puts it together. Bill Belichick might have another ace up his sleeve. Uh, I don't want to jump the gun too early. And then we kind of got another rookie QB that t- – we got two. Trey Lance touched the field, threw a touchdown pass. Um, <clears throat> but Jimmy Garoppolo kind of held his own, to be honest, after that. He kind of – I didn't watch that either, but they went up big. They really used that run game. Um, we didn't really see too much out of Trey Lance, so I'll kind of skip over that. Obviously, he'll eventually get a crack, everybody believes. But uh, the big one's really the Bears Sunday night football. They went with Andy Dalton, 
And uh, but they did find Justin Fields read option touchdown. I think he also made a pass. I threw, saw a pass out of him. It was limited snaps. But um, uh, is it time? I got to say, I'm going to be honest. It's week two. I'm going to say it's already time. Like I think we said week four or five, throw him in there. But I, I think it's time. I don't know if Matt Nagy will do it. I don't think we've heard anything. It's now Tuesday. But um, is, is it time to start Justin Fields? <clears throat> I 100% think it's time. I probably would have uh, started him against the Rams and just said play. Andy Dalton, you just don't get anything out of them, right? They pick the veteran quarterback because, quote-unquote, experience, right, and you want to do the safe route. But, like, the safe route gets you a third and ten down multiple possessions, and he just throws it to, like, the outside on the line of scrimmage to a tight end for a one-yard game. Like, Andy Dalton's just not getting you anywhere offensively. And you have a, a game where the defense played well for the most part. The Rams' offense is pretty damn good. But David Montgomery was running the ball really well. And, like, the Bears have – potential to be a good football team if they could just get good quarterback play to be able to push the ball down the field so if I'm the Bears I'm going I would go ahead and run Justin Fields out I believe they play the Bengals next week I think that's like a perfect game to throw them out there yeah it's Bengals at home yeah I'd say it's time Matt Nagy like 27 to 38 206 yards uh, and an interception you didn't get anything out of him, especially when you had a good David Montgomery game, right? He gave you 16 carries for 108 yards. So you kind of have that. If he's going to run the football like that, that takes pressure off of Justin Fields. And then we know what Justin Fields can do with the legs. So that kind of opens up the playbook with RPOs, read options. It just gives you more. There's no reason to continue to use Andy Dalton. I mean, you use Andy Dalton if you want to have eight and eight, nine and eight seasons and uh, just be uh, mid-level seven and 10, to be honest. I don't even think Andy Dalton can get you a, uh, can get you a winning record. He's just, he's not it. He's kind of, it's crazy that he was like what he was with the Bengals, right? Like he was serviceable with the Bengals and kind of got the job done. But I mean, we see him now last year and uh, Sunday night football. That was, that was really enough. Their secondary, they got to figure out the secondary as uh, well. A couple blown coverages, which was pretty ugly. The one with Cooper cup was uh, that was ugly. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's things to fix. I mean, but that's like, it's week one, right? You can go to any team like Tampa Bay has secondary issues. They got to fix like they're the Super Bowl champs. Like every team has issues, but like, it's just the bears. It's just so disappointing to watch. Like when you throw out Andy Dalton, like you don't even want to watch them play football, at least Justin Fields, no matter what he gives you will be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I was one of those people that didn't, uh, didn't tune in. Like I followed it, uh, I followed it on Twitter, followed it on multiple apps, but it was like, I, I don't want to watch Andy Dalton play football. Like I know it's a predetermined result. Like I almost, you knew it was going to happen. Like you knew Andy Dalton was not going to LA and was not beating the Rams. If he would have did that, that would have been amazing. But, uh, yeah, that was like a 1% chance. And that was kind of the, the script was predetermined. So Matt Nagy, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's time to, I want to say just, just grow some balls and use Justin Fields, man. Everybody else is doing it. Amen. Um, yeah, it's about time for uh, for you guys to do it. And then really last thing on the slate is uh, Monday night football. Obviously, it was super exciting. It was kind of game where oh, we didn't know what the Ravens were really going to look like because they lost every single running back on the roster in the matter of two weeks. It was like major injury, major injury, major injury. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and uh, Justice Hill, all those guys are out. So they're running with Tyson Williams. And I think Latavius Murray, yeah, Latavius Murray was there as well. And it was kind of the Lamar show. Um, um, I don't even know where to start with this. It's kind of like, uh, did you like what you saw out of the Ravens? They kind of blew it. They got gassed. I kind of, I didn't like it. And then it was kind of, I didn't really like what the Raiders did either. They threw the interception in overtime. I was like, what the hell? It's like, these guys don't want to win either. Uh, it was just, yeah. What, what, what do you think about Monday night football? 
the ending was a little ridiculous, <laughs> but it was, it was entertaining. Uh, the Ravens were just gassed in the fourth quarter. Uh, the zone was not working for him at all. So they like to play man, but like Darren Waller on those crossing routes just eats, eats up man coverage as Darren Waller went for 10 catches, a hundred yards. He probably had like 15 to 20 targets legitimately. Um, it's just, he eats them up on those crossing routes and they did all right for most of the game. But by the time it was the fourth quarter, you can tell that Baltimore was gassed. They got outscored 17 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And then obviously uh, they didn't score in overtime. The Raiders won. I like the Ravens. They have potential. There's just so many injuries. Tyson, I don't even think the running backs are that big of a deal. Like Tyson Williams came in and played well. He gave you seven yards of carry, nine rushes, 65. Latavius Murray got a touchdown for you. But once again, like Lamar couldn't, like Mark Andrews and Lamar couldn't really get going. That connection didn't really work well. Uh, Sammy Watkins came in and gave you four big catches. Marquise Brown is there. They need more from Mark Andrews. And then the defense just like secondary beat up a little bit. They missed Marcus Peters. And like I said earlier, they were just gassed by the end of the game. And I think that really was a big difference. They're a better football team than the Raiders, even with their injuries. But like, if you, if you're not good to play four quarters at a high level, you're going to lose most games. Like they were clearly gassed and the Raiders did whatever they wanted offensively in the last quarter and overtime. Yeah. I a hundred percent. I think they're going to miss Marcus Peters really bad. Waller finished at 19 targets. So he was early and often Derek Carr really making some, he made some pretty bad throws to him too. And like, he was getting mad at Darren Waller. And I was like, Derek Carr, how are you mad? Like he threw this ball behind Darren Waller going up the field and you're set, you're putting up the two hands out of him it's like buddy just throw a good ball up the field lead him up the field and uh it's a, it's probably money it's probably a touchdown but it was a little behind him he had to, he like tried to turn with one hand and then Derek Carr blamed it on the one hand yeah but it's like yeah you're an NFL quarterback if you lead a guy that's that open it's like come on Derek Carr um but yeah I think the Ravens they're really going to miss Marcus Peters this entire year that could honestly be a bigger loss than the running back losses because obviously with Lamar Jackson he does so much on the ground that it's like teams uh, scheme and worry about him so much that Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray and whoever they throw out in the backfield, they'll be able to do, they'll be able to do enough. But when Marcus Peters and your defense just gets completely gassed, obviously Lamar two fumbles or three fumbles, he lost two of them. Uh, that's kind of, that's kind of concerning. You don't really want to turn the football over, um, but it just felt, I don't know. Yeah. It felt like neither, neither team really truly wanted to, to, to close it out and win, but it's, it's not a good showing when you let up, let the Raiders score uh, 17 points in the fourth as they kind of established control. Like I thought it was kind of, it was going to be a coast. The Raiders are not the Raiders. The Ravens were just going to run the ball kind of, and that would be it. But when it push came to shove the turnovers and then uh, just gassing your defense out kind of uh, it did them in. Are you concerned going forward with them? They go into a big game. Obviously we'll cover that. Uh, coming out Thursday uh, in the week two preview, but are you concerned going forward? It's a big game against the Chiefs. It's kind of your thrown right back into the fire, right? They kind of needed this Raiders win to get going, knowing that you're going to play the Chiefs on a Sunday night football. Yeah, I am kind of concerned about the Ravens because I'm going to go ahead and assume that they start the season 0-2 against the Chiefs, which is pretty rough considering Pittsburgh got out of Buffalo with a win. Yeah, Cleveland lost, but they're going to be 1-1. They'll beat Houston next week most likely. It's just – I'm just concerned because of the injuries and, like, if your defense is getting gassed in games in the first game, I feel that's only going to get worse as they're – secondary is a little thinned out um the Steelers got a win and then the Browns so it's like there's not a lot of wriggle wiggle room for error in that division and they're probably looking at 0-2 to start so I'm a little concerned for the Ravens yeah obviously anything can happen in the league they could somehow go and uh, they could beat the Chiefs but 
I'm going to presume, yeah, as well, they start 0-2. I just think they got to figure some things out. Yeah, Mark Andrews, they just extended him. He's got to be more involved. They just kind of got to – they got to iron it out. and They got to really get that uh, get that defense ironed out. I don't know, get them on the treadmill, get them some oxygen masks, or uh, really get them conditioned. I don't know how you go through – this is a normal off season, and how they're uh, not conditioned really for four quarters of football and obviously uh, OT. But that's just – that was a crazy result. It's kind of crazy to uh, cap off – week one. And then you wanted to talk about one more game. It was kind of another, I would say kind of a shocker. Like I really, I was heavy on a Tennessee's really gonna, uh, they should be fine. They're at home, like playing Arizona. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know what the Cardinals are going to look at. And then we really saw a kind of MVP Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray plays like that. That's MVP level running around creating plays. Uh, if Chandler Jones is going to play like that, we can really just send him into Canton right after this year. Uh, if he's if he's going to get five sacks and just absolutely shred the quarterback. But, I mean, I know we were kind of both high on the Titans uh, through the previews after uh, – and we were really, like, kind of mixed feelings about the Cardinals. We thought, really, they could either – they could finish last in the division or they could win the division. Um, so, really, starting off with the Titans, because I think that was the more surprising how bad they were. Um, are you concerned about them, and what do you see in them? I'm definitely concerned. I was, like you said, I was high on the Titans. I like the Titans uh, going into this game. It was at home, you know, new offense. The play action was going to be even better with Julio on the other side. But, like, man, was the offensive line just beat up. Chandler Jones, five sacks, two forced fumbles. And they just dominated start to finish. Like, credit to Arizona. They were incredibly impressive. A.J. Green had a big catch. DeAndre Hopkins looks like Hopkins. Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk. So that offense is really humming. Uh, Kyler Murray looked like he was playing Madden at one point. He, they got pressure on him. He ran, like, all the way around and then flipped a nice, like – lob pass for 20 yards and it was a beautiful completion and then he was running his mouth after rightfully so it looked good but like I'm I'm concerned for the Titans because like we already knew their defense wasn't great and like their secondary issues which was very visible on Sunday because the Cardinals did like whatever they wanted offensively but I was just so concerned because like their strong unit is supposed to be that run game, play action pass and that offense. And like Derrick Henry could not get the ball moving on the ground. They couldn't get the play action set up. They were just getting beat up. And it was a lot of three and outs too. The offensive line just let Chandler Jones and JJ Watt and that Arizona D line eat. So like, I'm definitely concerned for the Titans. Yeah, they got beat up. And I mean, you kind of saw, um, you really saw Derrick Henry. Yeah, he struggled to get it going. And I think, I mean, even though Arthur Smith is gone and obviously with the Falcons, the identity doesn't really change. Like they're st- they still have to rely on Derrick Henry to pound the rock and really set up Ryan Tannehill to be great. Because I would say, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, but I wouldn't say like he's great by any stretch. So it's like that if they can't get the run game going and it's going to be all on his shoulders, um, they're going to be in deep trouble. And their defense is not really, uh, not really that great. They kind of got shredded up and beat up too so i mean i'm definitely i'm definitely uh concerned about them i think if they continue to have issues getting the run game going and getting derrick henry churning they're not really there the play action's not going to be there if you can't run the football uh your play actions aren't going to be there uh julio debut three catches 29 yards uh aj brown four catches 49 yards it's kind of just it's kind of depressing. We were kind of a team that we were high on, really thought they were going to be very good. I was high on them going into week one because I didn't really trust the Cardinals. And uh, yeah, we got to see. I don't, I don't like what I see uh, out of Tennessee. I don't like what I see out of either of those kind of two top dogs. We'll just touch on the Colts real quick while we're here in the division. 
Um, not really high on them too. They kind of got beat up and Carson Wentz, although the stat line will say he looked good. He still sits back there, holds the football and uh, just, yeah, I don't know about them either. He kind of made a line that we thought was pretty damn good uh, look pretty bad at times. How do you feel about the Colts? I should say as well. Yeah. You transitioned into right, right to what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to bring up the Colts as well. Cause like the two top dogs of the AFC South looked much worse than I thought they were going to look. It's one thing to have like a bad game, but like it's just in the fashion in which both games uh, happened. It just leaves me little confidence for both teams. Carson Wentz still kind of looks like a deer in headlights holds the ball for too long. And like, with the when it was the Eagles, there's always the excuses of all the injuries on the offensive line, which are real, you know, real issues for sure. But like, like he's like you said earlier, Brandon, the Indianapolis has a great offensive line. So like, if he's making them not look very good, it's there's a common denominator there. And like, I just thought the defense would play better at home for Indianapolis, and then the offense was going to be better. I thought the team would just play better as a whole. Um, Seattle's a very good team. The NFC West looked very good as they all won, but. I don't know. Indianapolis left a lot to be desired. And if Carson's going to quarterback like that, the same way he was when he wasn't playing well in Philadelphia, the Colts are in for a long season. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, it's going to, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. I didn't really see much difference out of Carson Wentz, the stats. I mean, if you just look at the box score, as I said, you'll kind of say, Oh, and Carson Wentz, but you kind of, this is one game where if you, watched and I had that on up another screen as I was watching the Eagles game and just watching him sit back there and take sacks and then when you look at the other side of the ball Russell Wilson business is usually 18 to 23 254 four touchdowns no picks uh that defense that's another team it's where the Colts are another team secondary issues like when they're missing they're missing Xavier Rhodes and I was like Xavier Rhodes I don't think Xavier Rhodes has been good since 2017 if that's like a big miss in your secondary your secondary might be in trouble Tyler Lockett kind of had his way and DK Metcalf found his way into the end zone so yeah I don't like either of those AFC uh South top dogs they might be might be a long year for them. It might be a Houston Texans division champs uh, combining us. Sorry, that. <laughs> they are they are winning the division. They're the only team with the win in the division. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe we have to respect David Coley. We all like crapped on them. Um, and honestly, yeah, the other three teams, I really wasn't. It's kind of weird to say I was most impressed with how Houston kind of schemed it up and played uh, smart football compared to the other teams. Like I didn't like Urban Meyer's debut. And the other two teams look like uh, hot garbage, too. But obviously, we have 17 games for a reason. So I would expect – I'd at least expect the Titans and Colts to work with some things. Frank Reich and uh, Mike Vrabel, they'll kind of iron some things out. And we'll see the division uh, take shape. But maybe these teams aren't going to look as good as we once thought they were going to look. Um, that's kind of everything that we had on the docket. Do you have any uh, other of these games that really stood out to you that you wanted to kind of close on before we really wrap this thing up, cover our spread picks of how terrible we did after week one. Spread was not kind to me. Not, I did not do well. I just got a few closing comments. Uh, shout out to Joey B and the Bengals hanging tough overtime win against the Vikings at home. Good for him. Bounce back. And then uh, the NFC West just looked as good as we thought they would look. The Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Niners. I cannot wait for those divisional matchups. Clearly the best division in football. And then my last comment is very happy with Sirianni and Jalen Hurts debut. Yes, it was against a not very good Atlanta team, but as an Eagles fan, they did pretty much everything I wanted them to do. So very happy with the start for the Eagles. Yeah, I'd agree on all those points. Good week. Good week in Philadelphia. <clears throat> uh, good on the Bengals plus three, two shouts out Joe Burrow and shout out Kirk Cousins for 
um, just out doing it. They kind of got screwed on the Dalvin Cook fumble, to be honest. And every time that wasn't a fumble, but when it's called on the when it's when it's called on the field, that's kind of how it goes. And uh, yeah, you're spot on with the NFC West. I'm kind of concerned about the 49ers. They were my pick preseason, but I mean, they lost Jason Verrett. And really to be 41-17 and kind of almost lose the game, to be honest, like they were driving 41-33, like Jared Goff had the football to uh, try to steal one or at least send it to OT. And that's a little bit concerning. But um, yeah, I mean, I still think it's it's a solid division. So let's straight pivot in to our uh, spread spread picks that we all did. We're picking every game minus the Eagles for us. And then our buddy, uh, or my buddy, John, his uh, Patriots pick, since he's a Patriots fan, we won't be picking uh, those games. But after week one, we'll flip to the standings. Uh, my Lots God. of red. Yeah, a lot of red. Bucks, thanks for the fumbles. Um, Titans, thanks as well. As I said, the Jets back to recover. I mean, after week one, uh, Alex starts hot four. I believe it was four and 11 after week one. Kind of tough, tough week in the NFL. And then me and John both uh, tied at six and nine. Uh, Should have been better. Kind of got kind of got screwed, but it's kind of it. I kind of have a strategy now. I kind of went in and didn't really think that smart. So I'll probably go. I'll probably get every game right and uh, going into week two. I don't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Don't want to be too cocky, but I kind of, you know, I mean, I got I kind of got the formula. I dialed it up and uh We'll be we'll be fixing it up going into uh, week two. Any really closing thoughts now on uh, week one? Fun week, and I'm just happy football's back. Just happy football's back. Got things to build on. We kind of have an idea of how teams are going to play because, like, I was not expecting Atlanta to be so run heavy. Little things like that. So it'll be fun moving forward to kind of tweak some things. Exactly. Can't wait. Week two, obviously Thursday night, man. We're two days away, and. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be super exciting. Stay on the lookout. As always, we'll be dropping our uh, week two preview that will be dropping at 10 a.m. Central uh, Thursday morning, where we'll be covering uh, games for uh, week two and everything that goes along with that. But I mean, it's going to be a wrap for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please like, subscribe and comment. If you have any suggestions for how we should do these uh, previews and even recaps, just fired in the comments or uh, you can even add us on Twitter at take three sports as always our spotify link will be in the description and uh thank everybody for listening and we'll see you thursday morning